You're listening to a conversation recorded during the FETC 2019 conference in Orlando, Florida. Enjoy the program. Hey, welcome back to FETC 2019, and it's a wonderful day in Orlando, Florida, and we have a wonderful person sitting in our chair right now. We're going to let her introduce herself, tell us who she is and where she's from and all that kind of good stuff. So here we go. Hey, I'm Kathy Fritz, and I am the founder and uh, CEO of Create and Builder, and I have a product called Cram Set Go, and I'm coming from Savannah, Georgia, and this is my second time sitting down with you guys. Yeah, it's yeah. great to see it's you again. Great to yeah. see you again. Yeah, oh, this so is cool. We've, we, it's been a crazy year, hasn't it? it 2018. Has been yes. a so, crazy so year. speaking of that, just jump into that. What's been going on with you and, and your organization over the last year? Yeah, so uh, Cram Set Go, we presented at probably about five or six different conferences. Cool. Um, I was a featured speaker at MassQ, the first time up at that conference mm. up in Massachusetts, which is really huge. Um, MassQ had brought me on after I had worked with a number of their districts. This yeah. past year, I did my first, um, what is it? It was a three-day institute on design thinking for project-based oh. learning and project planning cool, with yeah. um, a number of districts up in the Massachusetts area, so uh-huh. I did that. And then Cram Set Go was nominated and shortlisted for the Reimagine Education Awards in San Francisco this year. So we didn't win, but we got a chance to hey. present to a lot of amazing people and talk to and starting some collaborations with people from all over the place, from India to Hong Kong, uh-huh. all those kinds of things. So it's yeah. really well, exciting this year. Congratulations on the nomination. That's, no, man, yeah, that's I mean, awesome. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm lucky to be nominated. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's cool. I think out of like uh, 1,200 entries, there were, I think, 120 that were shortlisted. Oh, yeah. Yeah, man. so it was awesome meeting people from Australia and yeah. from Singapore is doing some crazy things. And ARVR is so huge right now, go. especially in university education. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's there's some neat things happening out there. Yeah, it's always it's really cool to uh, to check the litmus on you know what's going on. Yeah, you know? what's the future? Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and wow, that's great. And uh, okay, good, we're here. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, that's really nice. Yeah. Um, so what brings you to FETC this year? I mean, I know what brings you here, but anything special? So couple things. I mean, one for what we're doing is present the Mobile Mega Share uh, yesterday with a uh, Susan Wells group out of TechTerra, and I was able to introduce uh, my new. Um, pro- I also create a project planning guide that goes with Cramset Go. So, what's your next project? You can't see it, but it's right, right here. Yeah. Um, so, being able to sort of take that three-day institute and turn it into um, something that you can actually take home, it's uh-huh. really hard to replicate yourself when you're, uh, you know, you're a very small group of people. I have a. So, social media person, some people to help us with um, found, you know, being able to fulfill orders, but it's pretty much just me as yeah. an instructional coach. So that's been awesome. And also I'm going to be presenting um, in a poster session about steamed up projects and how do you better align technology with different phases of the design thinking process. Um, to be able to leverage that. Yeah, I love poster sessions. I think they, they add a lot to any conference. You know, ISTE's really turned it into the standard. I mean, they've they've yeah. set the they set the bar really high there. So they do, and I, I think you get a chance to really interact with people on a very individualized basis instead mm-hmm. of like this room of 150 people. I was working with um, Drew Charter this past year, and our um, our presentation, which is design thinking with the end user in mind, became one of the people's choice presentations this past year at ISTE. Mm-hmm. Um, 150 people in the room, and it's just it's just hard to connect yeah. with that many people on an individual level. Where like at the mega shares, you're sitting at a table, and there's seven of you yes. sitting at a table, or you're dealing one on one. So I think there's a much better personal connection when you're dealing with those kinds of situations. Yeah, yeah. You get to hear yeah. what people's needs are, and I think right. that's really important. You know. Well, and and they get an opportunity to understand exactly how your how your program can yeah. help them 
directly, individually, specifically. Yeah, and I think that's what we have a hard time. Like people go to like these larger, and I love doing the larger workshops. They're a lot of fun, but it's not like you can read the everybody in the room right. when there's that many people. And it's really hard to be able to respond to a very direct, like, well, I'm confused with something mm-hmm. yeah. or allowing to, to have that really close connection. I find those smaller venues, you know, I start building clients for life in those smaller venues than I do in those kind of larger things. So it's been an interesting learning curve this year. Yeah. You know, about right. how to connect. So when you first meet an educator mm-hmm. and they have no clue about you know and i'm not saying that they're doing i mean they're they're like so explain it to me for our listeners sure can you give that 45 second elevator pitch so that you can help that that educator understand what you're talking about and so they can think i I was thinking about that and you talk about small working with your small partners in your small schools can you give us kind of an idea of when you meet that teacher in the hall maybe that educator in the hall yeah so like yesterday in describing what i do so bringing the design thinking process um using either STEM or STEAM or project-based learning, because not every school is doing project-based learning, because that's a pretty intimidating thing right there when you say PBL, um, Mm -hmm. because that's a lot. So some people might just be doing STEAM. So what I do is I help to walk teachers through building a project at every step of the design thinking process and help them to use their curriculum to be able to build the questions that kids are going to explore. Yeah. Perfect. That's awesome. Yeah. That's probably so, the best I've ever done. You're <laughs> 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 like, can I, can I, I need a copy of that so I can well, play that back in my head. Uh, um, exactly. <laughs> so I'm, I'm curious as yeah. in, in terms of just kind of expanding a little bit on your book. Um, yeah. Just so if someone gets a hold of your book, what can they expect in there? And then how do they get a hold of your book? Yeah. So what you can expect is I've, I've broken down seven chapters mm-hmm. that walk a teacher through and also maybe even students through at a higher level, you know, high school, mm-hmm. how to actually build a really deep inquiry through creating a project. And so I take them, teachers through step-by-step step on understanding design thinking, how it aligns with things like the five E's that are used a lot of times like in science classes, mm-hmm. how it's aligned with things like project-based learning, how it's aligned with all those kinds of best practices. And then I take the, then I also have kind of inside there is a seven step project hack. So in 45 minute increments, you could bring it into, you could do a full day mm-hmm. if you got, a, if you got like a teacher planning day uh-huh. or in 45 minute increments, you could work with like your PLC to build your next project. And so I take you through everything from doing idea maps about how can we leverage the the curriculum and how can we start looking at all the opportunities that the curriculum provides for creating like these really strong questions mm-hmm. um, for students to explore all the way to create a poster proposal and how to critique that and then do actually like a SWOT analysis of strengths, weaknesses, opportunities and threats analysis about, okay, if I do execute this project, where are the pitfalls going to be? Mm-hmm. You know, what do I need to prepare for? Where are the opportunities for students or for the school? You know, how do I leverage like field trips, things like that that are coming up? Like, mm-hmm. is there a built in, you know, uh, built-in um, showcase that maybe I can show this at or right. is there going to be an event that's happening that I can leverage that so that way you're not that whole working smarter not harder thing you're yeah. actually learning how to like game your own personal system yeah. mm-hmm. to be able to create a project in the simplest most easiest way possible to, to make that happen in the classroom yeah. that's yeah. awesome yeah, that's very yeah. cool. So, and, and, and where how to they? get that? So, yeah. right now, um, I have this. Um, I've actually been selling these. Uh, some people have actually been getting them here, um, but I've also sell them on my website. So mm-hmm. they're really affordable. They're like twenty four ninety five. So, really easy. It's a great companion. Even if you don't have the cards or the set, 
you can get a really good idea about what the set actually can do for you, uh -huh. as well as you get all of the ways to be able to develop a project mm -hmm. that has nothing to do with even purchasing the set. So right. you can actually use these things without that too. So it kind of can stand alone as, as well as a companion guide. Well, and that's, that's one of the things that I think was key, um, a, a key thing that you touched on when you were first talking about what's in the book, and, and that is kind of explaining the, the, the theory and idea behind yeah. the design, because I think that's where a lot of educators kind of get lost. You know, you know some of them, okay, yeah, yeah we're gonna do projects, or we're gonna create these uh, different, um, uh, I, can't, I don't wanna use the word projects again, but anyway, we're gonna, we're gonna have these goals that we're gonna try to reach through these different means, mm -hmm. but I don't necessarily understand how and why to implement that, you know, how do I get there? What's that kind of roadmap, and what's the yeah. thinking behind that roadmap? And I think that's one of the cool things about uh, what you said in your book is being able to to lay that out, so they have an idea, they can build that foundation yeah. before they start just you know plowing ahead with a project that they don't quite understand why they're doing it. Right? Exactly. And what's kind of interesting is the way I've set some things up. Like I do have like open source, open ed resources. So the project design canvas where our teachers look at that and they're like, oh my God, I get this. Be you know, uh, the, this touchstone, that graphic organizer. The graphic organizer, yeah, yeah. Making that accessible. And then there's another piece that we have in here called the project role, role outline. And so it takes those three phases, ask, make, share, of the design thinking process and the project process. And then it says, okay, now at each phase, you know, these are the products this is gonna make. I'm gonna align that with these specific standards. Mm -hmm with understanding who the end user is that the pro that, that project's gonna do. So like, let's say you're interviewing people from the city about they're dealing with soil erosion into like a river, right? Okay. So it's a good local problem that they have. Mm -hmm. Their end user might be not only the plants and animals that's happening or the ecosystem of the river, but also maybe it's the city manager who's dealing sure. with, you know, or the EPA or whatever, actually interviewing those people, collecting that data, so now we got collecting data. There's your and representing maybe that data that becomes yeah. some of your some of your uh, things that you're looking for for your standards. And then what's the assessment for that? What's the benchmark for that? So it might be that you know you're writing it in your journal. So being able to have that roll outline allows you to align all of those things. So you're not like I mean you're not front loading all of your content at once. Right. You might be building some skills at one point. You might be applying content and then make and then you might be communicating that content yeah. you know through persuasive speech or. Yeah. or um, expository speech in the share stage. So you're not trying to do everything at once. Yep. Or you might be coordinating with another teacher and like, oh, hey, I need to plug you in here. So again, it's really te helping teachers to schedule that rollout of how a project actually happens. And I find that's another thing that with the book, you kind of get that, you know, as part of the book, you get access to all of those yeah. forms as well. So again, you don't have to necessarily buy the set as compared to being able to get a hold of the process. Sure, get a yeah. hold of the blueprint. Yeah. And exactly. exactly. That's the key right there. Exactly. Teachers love a good blueprint. You know, they especially, well, who you know, doesn't? Well, you yeah. think about a blueprint, you know, yeah. you've got your wiring, you've got your plumbing, you've got everything, and it's so you can, and mm -hmm. when you lay it all down together, you're gonna get a whole house. So and, that's, I, and I come from the architecture field, actually. So that's yeah, beautiful. so I get exactly, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> and a lot of this process is the same things that we go, and I was a professor at Savannah College of Art and Design in their interior design program. And so I'm going through the same kinds of steps I would take my students through. You know, mm -hmm. We research, we find out about what the client needs. We make something as a direct response. We call it evidence-based design. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing about evidence-based learning. So we're looking at how have you applied all of that knowledge into making something, whether it's you know a robotics you know, response or like a, or some sort of um, something for like maybe 
someone with uh, I'm sorry I'm like losing my words but you know something like you know somebody who needs a prosthetic you know kind of thing as as well as are you writing poetry are you creating like a theater production Mm -hmm. or are you you know understanding like how you're applying you know Hamilton to being able to describe you know to building your own apps to be or doing your own raps to be able to go and exactly explain like a certain piece of history right that making is the same kind of there's similar kinds of concepts we're using there yeah. and then how are you going to share that out you yeah, know like right. how are you, you going to present it to the public or to get your zoning or that's really you know. awesome so yeah that's how we you know so it's that kind of accessibility that yeah. i think is really important and making it really transparent for people yeah you know? well um so if uh, folks want to get in touch with you our listeners what's the best way they can get in touch with you so uh, you can get in touch with me at uh, createmsetgo.com, and it's a kind of a funky spelling. So it's C-R-E-A-T-O-M-S-E-T-G-O, okay. createmsetgo.com. And you can also, on there, if you go and put a contact in, it comes to me. You know, it is, you know, kind of my outlet. And I think what people sometimes think is like, oh, it's a company, so there's somehow this big thing behind it. But really, you know, I developed these tools as an instructional coach to help me better communicate these processes with yeah, them. Right. Um, and it's exciting because then there's, like, one of the things I'm doing here next is I'm really excited about what AR and VR and MR can do yeah. for helping teachers to leverage the design process. And so yeah. part of what my own personal research here is I'm going to go like hit up like merge cube and some of these other places to understand like how can i leverage this now to um help students with the feedback loops like yeah. being able to go through that process thinking like how can that support that part of the design thinking process mm-hmm. and so that's kind of my i'm hoping that maybe i'll come back and present on that next year with Mer- you know using merge cube to do mm-hmm. like how can we really leverage all that data that we're collecting and be able to help students to really be able to see it in a way that they're able to make better decisions, um, both in their projects as well as personal choices. So that's kind of the next thing I'm kind of thinking about that's right awesome. now. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, this cool, is the place man. to well, find all that information. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, this is a really wonderful, like, yeah. easy conference compared to ISTE, which is, like, three times the size. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. just so accessible, yeah. which is lovely. Well, that's cool. Maybe next year, if you're out in Miami, since it's moving to Miami that's next I, year, yeah, we'll cool catch town. up again and we can see how, how things came along with your... Uh, AR, VR, MR, you know, mix. Yeah, exactly. It'd be awesome, guys. That'd be cool. Well, thanks. Great, man. Thank you for stopping by. Oh, you're welcome. Great uh, to see you all again. Let me give you some tchotchke here. You've been listening to a conversation recorded during the FETC 2019 conference in Orlando, Florida. Thanks for listening.